Welcome to the Regular Guys Podcast, brought to you by 365 Athletic, with your host, Zeke Prado, Garrett Rona, Judo Oliva, coming to you live from La Mirada. Let's go! You ready? I'm ready. Man. I'm ready. Are you ready? Hey, welcome to the Regular Guys. This is your host, Zeke Prado, along with Judo Oliva, uh, Gary Arona, and our special guest, Jay Stevens. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Again, we're the Regular Guys. Interviewing regular guys that do extraordinary things, I think. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll <laughs> agree. We'll agree. Do you concur? I can. Uh, yes, I do, sir. Uh, and, and as always, we want to get started with a little small talk, right? We'll talk some uh, football, Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it's like Still recovering. Still recovering. <laughs> um, yeah, just kind of get started here. Watch any good games, Jay? Um, my uh, Huskies came back from life support last night. I was watching that. <laughs> Washington Huskies versus Utah. Um, down 21-0 at halftime. Came back. 24-21 win. My buddy uh, Todd Eldridge left the house a little bit early. Counting his tickets. Oh, it was a terrible first half. Great. Uh, I would love to hear that halftime speech. Man. Yeah. Was it foggy? Was it a foggy game like the Oregon, no. Oregon State game? It was cold. No, it was, it cold. was cold, but no fog issues, no rain issues. It was yeah. a clean night. Utah played better than they did the week before, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the game. Did you see the game? Highlights. I didn't see the game. I saw a couple of the highlights, though, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, through social media, some of, the, some of the kids that are a little bit involved in the area that are tied to, got to watch uh, Clarks Phillips. Uh, True freshman corner out of uh, La Habra, California, had a really pretty had a pretty solid night against the Huskies. A couple of tackles for losses, uh, pressures, a couple of pass breakups. I was under the impression they won because, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, all the all the highlights. And then, like you said, uh, boom! Before you know it, the, you know the the tight switches, and uh, you know the Huskies come out on top, which was a pretty cool game. Sounds like what's great is you're watching. Four running backs for University of Washington, all from Southern California down here. You got Bosco represented. You got a um, few other schools, but all Southern California running backs up there doing their thing, and it's it's awesome to all watch. Right. All right. Uh, we were talking earlier before we got started that uh, Thomas Ford is coaching at Washington. Thomas Ford played at Linfield. Linfields were Brady, and Andrews, and, and, Crump. and Eric Crom and Eric Green. Yeah. All played uh, down at Linfield together. Uh, Thomas Ford was on that national championship team uh, for Linfield. And so, um, yeah, he was a, a head coach at Simon Fraser for, I think, about four seasons before he went to Washington. So it's cool. We talk about, you know, the connections and, and how you know, college football, yeah, college football is a network and intertwines you. So, uh, and then you talk about some players that are from here that are there. You know that all football is, is that common denominator for a lot of us, right? And so uh, we were also talking about Utah because they played yesterday. You, you got watch? a lot of California kids. There are a lot of yeah, Kyle Whittingham, a lot of a lot of California guys, right? Um, and then I didn't watch the game. I didn't have a chance to see any highlights either. Did you check it out? Uh, Washington, the Utah. Utah, Washington. No, just the just the highlights. Like I said, just gotta see the, those clips and then. Got to see uh, again I, as those as those highlights are happening. How those parents uploading their stuff yeah. on social media. So I was under the impression that 
you know, I was like, hey, Utah, Utah finally got a, you take know, they, to take it to him. <laughs> and then I get, then I get home and see the score. I was like, hey, what happened? <laughs> Thought they won, but it, it well, sounded like nothing. You would think they put them away. You need to cover that tight end. <laughs> well, you know, you told me this is a tight end. Yeah. No, no, Washington. <laughs> they always have good tight ends. No, like you said, Washington. I think a lot. Well, in general, now you look at um, in the Pac-12, a lot of the schools from the north are doing a great job of coming down and coming down into Southern California and taking taking some of the top athletes from here. Washington does a great job of that. Um, Oregon, Oregon's littered with Southern California talent. Um, Oregon State has quite a few guys uh, from California, so you see that some of those some of those teams and and their and their success, and you're like you know you're looking at it, and you're like wow, well, most of it's coming from California. Wonder you know again a little knock on my guys, but you know what is UCLA and USC doing? Yeah. You know losing those guys, we should never lose those guys to to anyone else, but it's happening, and you see you see the team starting to rise and and really do a good job. So it's pretty cool to see though. Yeah. You said they won last night, though. Yeah, it was, about the, they, it was yeah. well overdue, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a kid also. Who had the yep. game yeah. winning interception? Yeah. Game ceiling uh, interception. <laughs> Elijah Gates uh, played for us at Buena Park. Great young man, real humble kid. Um, Two year starter for them and uh, got his chance last night. I think he was playing nickel. He was playing the nickel back spot. I think they tried to run like stick or something. And he jumped it. The, guy, the quarterback read it wrong. He jumped it. I am going to give him some stuff, though, when I get an opportunity because he should have kept his feet and should have been a pick six. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, 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 we're happy with the, with the game-sealing yeah. interception. But cool to see him make a play and uh, start his season off right this year. Yeah, UCLA. They're, you know, I, I'm a SoCal guy, so every time everybody asks me, hey, what are, I mean, what's your team? I have to say USC and UCLA both. You know, I'm, i got to be loyal to both of them. And that's because UCLA used to give us free tickets when we were kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now they're paying people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they used to put us behind the field goal post. That that was our that was the free seats, right? You had all the, the Pop Warner kids wow. right there uh, behind the field goal at a UCLA game. That's when I first saw Peyton Manning. Yep, we For, did. Peyton, yeah, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Peyton Manning, he took over that game. He threw an ugly ball, but, man, it was... Uh, they. Right. He came back and won. I don't know the final, but I know they came back and won that game. And they actually showed a highlight the other day uh, when they were talking about Peyton Manning. They showed they showed that game. It was probably the yeah. one when they were coming into the end zone. Yeah. We were sitting right when they yeah. hit him in the hit him on like I want to say it was a post or slant yeah. or something like that. We're in the back of the end zone there. Hopefully we're on camera. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a little peanuts behind the stands. Yeah, I watched um, Pac-12. Watched uh, the Oregon. Um, Oregon State State game. Oh man, they've been chomping at the bit to to win that game. It has a new name now. It's no longer the The Civil Civil War. No longer the Civil War. Uh, I don't know what they call it now. I don't think they've switched it, but they had like. North versus South. Something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a great game, man. It went down on the wire. And, uh, Didn't they State. score with like three seconds to go? Oregon yeah. State. I think there was no. There was more time on the clock. There was because there was a dispute at the end of it of when they called timeout or if he actually got into the end zone. And so there's about I think 30, 40 seconds left um, for Oregon to try and go down and score. And then they tried a trick play at the end. Didn't quite <laughs> work out as planned. Those rivalry games are dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, they shouldn't have been in that game. Oregon yeah. State has a special running back. I can't remember his name right now, but that kid can yeah. run. C.J. Burdell. Yeah. yeah. 
He That's was, Oregon. Oregon. No, oh, so, Oregon oh, State's Oregon guy. State's oh, yes. Uh, Jefferson? Jackson. Jefferson? Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson. That guy can Jefferson. run. He's powerful, shifty, and he can go. But uh, those rivalry games yeah. are dangerous. Yeah. Everything yeah. goes out the door. Yes. Record. Stats. Yeah. Five stars. Three stars. One, all of that goes out the door when it's a rivalry. Yeah, that, that's what I love about college football. You know, no matter who it is, um, you're you're on an even playing field. I, there's just something about it, man. You could be 0 and 5 and be playing 5 and 0, and it's your rival. Man, play out of your mind. Out of your yeah, that's <laughs> it, right? Like around here, what do they have? They got you got Olu. Who would be their rival? That Servite. Servite, right? And you have Modern Day and St. Uh, John. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Pasadena and Mirror. Right, the old turkey tussle. <laughs> tussle. The tussle. And the bowl. And the yeah. bowl. We had a couple of roommates that, were, that played at Pasadena, and I think they were over at the time, uh, playing Mir. And uh, but uh, they, yeah, they took him down on the wire. I think Mir was undefeated at the time. So, you know, all those those games, everything like that, goes out the door when it's when it's rivalry. So, um, I really like um, obviously USC UCLA. You know, uh, you got Notre Dame versus everybody. (laughs) 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 They're independent. All right, they they squeak one out against North Carolina. They're in the ACC this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this season they're in the ACC. Yeah, this season they're in the ACC. Notre Dame looked really impressive in their uh, win on Friday. Like they uh, their defense stepped up in the second half. North Carolina Mm -hmm. has a powerful offense. They were moving down the field. It was. 14-14 14-14 in the first like four minutes of the game. Right. It was insane. And then uh, Notre Dame really stepped up. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. My dad is. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you what, that defense impressed me. They yeah. they can play. Yeah. Right. yeah I, I can't stand Notre Dame. So I, <laughs> 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 I, think I, can't stand. I think the last couple of weeks we talked about uh, Notre Dame and Ian Book, and again, just yeah, he, he, he just lights play. out. He just lights out. Experienced quarterback. Like we said, it seems like he's been there for six years, but you know, you see it in his play. Just down the field, he's always making plays. He's just special, special uh, when he's when he's outside the pocket. He's just one of those guys that creates with his feet. So that's uh, always tough on any defensive coach, any defensive coordinator. You got that X factor in and in, in a quarterback just like that. So. Yeah, it was pretty were, cool to there, see that again. There were some big first downs that he took off. You know, and you think he's not going to get it. Next thing you know, it's first down marker right by there. Boom. Yeah. Keep the drive going. So, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I like Notre Dame. I uh, watched a little bit of the Notre Dame. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, that's your Impressive. team. That's your bandwagon team. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's the underdog. <laughs> well, I like so to see the, you know, the, on the Hoosier way. I know. And Northwestern <laughs> finally I know. got They're a basketball <laughs> school, right? <laughs> Indiana's a basketball school. We all know that. But I watched a little bit of them last year um, and previous year because uh, Kalen DeBoer was uh, coaching there. He was the head coach of Sioux Falls. He's now the head coach of Fresno State. But, um, yeah, you know what that program has done. You know, their quarterback's phenomenal. And I and uh, he's a lefty, and I always talk about lefty quarterbacks because their ball spins is that, different. Is that Tua's brother? No, he's uh, Maryland. Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, two brothers. He's are like three. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. Yeah. yeah no, no, he's right-handed. The brother's right-handed. All the the, the, the older brothers are lefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Big then two it was Indiana there. kid that's a lefty. Yeah, yeah. I remember I saw a lefty, but I couldn't remember who yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I sometimes I talk about how the ball spins different, but people oh, it don't. Spins, yeah, it spins people different. Don't it does. <laughs> it comes <laughs> off this way yeah. instead of this way. Yeah, yeah. so when kids are catching from a right-handed receiver coach, you know, and the ball spins, 
this way, but the left-handed quarterback has been this way. So you need a left-handed receiver? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I mean, someone to simulate it. Yeah, left-handed quarterback, you're, you're going to fire your receiver. <laughs> you're out. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is left-handed. weird because it does make a difference. We had a, a left-handed receiver coach at San Gabriel on Buena Park, uh, Matt Lopez, who coached with me for a long time. He was a left-handed. He's lefty. So he would throw the ball to our kids. Our quarterbacks were right-handed. And they'd always talk about, like, How the different stands? spin. Yeah. I know that because I had at uh, Dakota State, we had three quarterbacks. Two of them were right-handed, and our number three was a lefty. And I remember one time I I always took it from the first guy. I was always the first guy in line. One day my cleat was untied. Stepped out of line, tied my cleat up, got back in, and I happened to be, like, the number three guy in the line. Mm-hmm. Went with the number three, uh, three quarterback, ran a speed out, and the ball came all weird. Skipped under my foot, twisted my ankle. I never forgot it. <laughs> and I always, I always used to tell I used to left hand quarterback. Man, if you out here skipping rocks, go home. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, you gotta, you gotta help out the left handed quarterbacks with the left handed wide receiver coach. Yeah, yeah. Left handed ball machine. Yes. Yeah. Spin the other one, the left handed side. Uh, yeah, more than the other. Yeah, because, right. uh, because our, our guy at Orange, Dalen, Dalen Pedros, is a lefty. You know. Yeah. Like, so you know, I, even when we do our drills, catching his, you know, catching his pass, I'm like, oh, forget your left handed. Or when I teach something, I'm over here teaching right handed stuff. Yeah. So like, hold on, let me flip back over. Let me try to do this left handed. Uh, always, always strange, yeah. but um, you know. Yeah, full works different. Everything's yeah, yeah. different. Yes, sir. Full work. Yeah, play calls. You know, trying <laughs> to sprint them out to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna, zips all the way around. Not gonna work. Yeah. Not gonna work. You just got to get more depth. And then you guys get your shot. And then you get thrown around. Another, another uh, impressive defensive performance I saw was Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa yeah. State over Texas. Yeah. They really held it together. And I'll tell you, one of the most disappointing looks I've ever seen on Coach O's face is when he walked up and saw my first defensive scheme. Three man front, really, is what he says. <laughs> Iowa State was running the three three five, and they were bringing three man pressure, holding two linebackers, and because that guy was running, Texas was running and killing him, and they stopped it. It was they had two spies. Two spies yeah. locked him down. Yeah. They would send one Erl- occasionally. Yeah, Erling, what's his Erlinger? Erlinger, yeah. the quarterback from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he would take off a lot. So yeah, I like the stacks look. I like the stacks. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> you know, it's tough, man. Well, no, if you do it right, I mean, you gotta yeah. have athletes to do it, and you gotta have yeah. some some big pluggers with the three. Yeah. You know, because I one thing I, I always didn't like about guy. the three man front is uh, um, when you have guys up and they they're accountable for a gap. It's harder to stop getting to that gap and stop it um, when you're standing up. That's 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 just you know my my thing. It's my philosophy, but. You know, I've seen teams do it, and, mm-hmm. and Iowa State's mm-hmm. doing it right now. There's some NFL teams that are pretty good with a three-man front, so it's just my preference. Not, yeah. Not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hang my hand on it. Yeah. I could be top something, you know. Yeah, I like the stacks. When I was uh, OC, I would always go against the stacks look, and it was always just tough. You know, we were a zone team, so it was it was tough to run it, and we had to get out of that box, that six-man box, and it was just tough to try and run against it. And then uh, – our defense coordinator uh, was a three-four guy, so we saw it every single day, you know. And, and you just you start to like it, you know. You start to like because you can play a lot of games, mm-hmm. you know. You start to slant and stem, you know, the ends and the nose, and play some games on the inside. So, you know, I really like that. And a four-three, you can do that, but it's just not as uh, I think like 
just thinking outside of the box with three, four. You have to be really, really want to be creative with it. You know, if you want to bring some pressure, bring some guys from from the perimeter and you know, things like that. So I like it, and I like the the rolling the, the coverage. You know, giving a too high look and bringing that safety down, playing the alley. So if I yeah, ever, some of the some of the toughest teams I played against uh, were uh, multiple multiple fronts. I mean, a lot of a lot of them were based though. 3-3 three, three stack, you know, the 3-3 three, three stack. That kind of gave, again, tougher angles to block people sometimes. Um, <clears throat> but, again, uh, a well-zone team, I think, you know, really coached zone team can uh, give that a little bit of problems, especially if you got a runner and right? quarterback able to do some zone read stuff and, and kind of balance out the numbers a little bit. That's the key, right, is making sure the numbers yeah. get balanced out because other than yeah. that, you don't got a runner, man. They're... They're going against, you know, they're yeah, going with a, three, yeah, yeah, they got an extra guy, and you know, there's nothing other than like booting them or something like that to to get outside of it. But <clears throat> always, always liked uh, the coaches that do it well. Um, the sky stuff, bring guys different, but slant, long stem, all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. When we played Tribuco Hills uh, a couple years back in the CIF uh, semifinals, they did an excellent job of. Uh, they were a three-three team. Yeah, the long stem does brought guys from different places and just confused the heck out of our kids. And you know, um, as much as we try to adjust, you know, a lot in the game, a lot of our guys are played both ways. So adjustments are halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if they get it, they get it. If they don't, yeah. Try to you know you try to make it with play calls, but um, <clears throat> yeah, they did an excellent job, and that was probably the only team all year that really shut us down and 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 uh, obviously ended our season that year. So. Stupid yeah. stack. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get those big linemen away from those little linebackers. Speaking uh, a little bit more on the football side, uh, there was uh, Vanderbilt, Sarah Fuller. Yeah. Sarah Fuller, first female kicker in the Power Five. <laughs> I had images of her. Kicking off and put it in the end zone. <laughs> start kicking. I'm like, no. That's what they did with her. They the first it. female. They should have just had her bang it or hit it as deep as she. So much she put on the ten. You know that little stupid soccer kick. I'm like, no. I know. That's the highlight. Come on, man. I let her at least try to hit a line drive and hit a lineman in the back of the head or something. <laughs> but that little oh man, we could have done. We could have done much better for that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> for women's uh, yeah. uh, showing of football, so I mean that's, that's I was kind of disappointed. I thought she was gonna boom. Instead, <laughs> she kicked it really fast yeah. and ran off the field. I'm like, no, stay right. there. Right. Get the safety. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they were just trying to get her to pooch it. She maybe looked a little too far. A little too far. Because she, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she did. I mean, it was an empty stadium. Can you get oh, yeah. <laughs> She did get coached up on the sideline after that. But I think it was a it was a pooch that was a little bit too long, but. Yeah, pretty excited to kind of see that. There was a, there was two other female players that are in NCAA, and then there's um, Tony Harris. Tony Harris played at East LA Community College. She's now playing, I believe, at Northwest Missouri State, Again, Division Two safety. She plays safety. Oh wow! Yeah, Tony Harris. She's done some Nike commercials and, and some different things, uh, but yeah, she's out of East LA Community College, hmm. and she's what high school she has? Um, I gotta look that up. I gotta figure out, but um, yeah. You know, as far as like female athletes breaking into football, you know, uh, I know that when I was coaching high school football, I had always had girls that would come out and let me play. I said, "Hey, are you? I'm all for it. Come on out. We'll suit you up." 
obviously you got to go through the whole process of getting conditioned but um you know it's just you, you know they wanted to be out there but when they got <laughs> when they got hit when they got hit it was uh you know then there was well maybe i'd be better off just watching <laughs> Could be the water so, person. just to i mean just to be honest about you know football is it's it's rough. You know, it's funny yeah. though that I think it's by, by so much football that's out there on TV and in high school <laughs> and all the you know shows and movies about it. I think people are desensitized of, of how violent it is. Yeah. You know, because you know, for if you think about it, like you know, nowadays nobody wants their kids to play because it's you know CTE, right? But you know, a female that's a pretty good athlete and, and maybe you know one of the more aggressive ones, maybe plays soccer or field hockey, you know, and thinks that they can yeah. transition. Um, when a, somebody's coming at you, you know, 220 pounds, doesn't put the brakes on and runs right through you, and you absorb that hit, and especially if you're not seeing it, like, you know, you get blindsided and you get leveled, there's nothing like that in sports. I mean, and it's legal. <laughs> well, now you can't lower your head, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you think about that, and you, you take that hit, right? I mean, it breaks collarbones, and it knocks people out. And, and, you know, I don't think there's any sport, you know, in the world that does that. You know, except the guys that, that jump out in those suits that fly oh. and they hit the, they hit the <laughs> side of the, of, the, of the cliff doing 150 miles an hour. That's a, <laughs> a, good, a good example of that is there was a, uh, one of the TV sideline guys was holding and looking the opposite way. And right before halftime, the Utah-Washington game, guy hit him right in the legs, went down, never moved. He was completely knocked yeah. out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you, have to be, you have to know how to protect <laughs> yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, women's soccer... That is yeah. a rough sport too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of. I mean, football gets a big rap for CTE. I've had more concussions from Friday Night Lights flag football than I have treated with uh, tackle football. Yeah. Yeah, because people are unprotected. Yes. And then they, they yeah. go full speed and they they're going after the ball and their head bump. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wow. It's, it's rough. You know, sports, soccer, rugby. You know, where there's a lot of contact, but you're not thinking because they're not wearing a helmet that it's not rough. Mm -hmm. Man, that's, you know, all those sports pretty violent. Uh, they were always talking about they had more concussions. He's right. They had more concussions in soccer than, than yeah. we did in football. We're I right. think there's more injuries with skateboarders. <laughs> 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 right? Broken Wear a helmet, guys. Elbows, Wear right? A helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Wear a helmet. Um, speaking of football, Fern Fernandez. I know him as the fifth Fern. Andres. Andres. He's coaching at Hungary, so we got a, a former player, played for Jude. He's a coach in Hungary, and they won a Division One championship in the professional league in Hungary. Is that the one this where Art played? That's one where Art played for the Gior oh, wow. Sharks. Yeah, Congrats. so they they won I'm it. I'm glad you said that because yeah. I could never say that. I was like Gyro. Gyro. <laughs> it's G Y O R, and then there's two accents over the Y, and so I can never say it. <laughs> Gior. I believe it's Gior. Uh, We're not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably get some college. <laughs> <laughs> it's Geyer. Uh, yeah. It's a small little village town. Like, it's an actual village town that you see on movies, right? So, I mean, here, you know, we got city life, right? We don't see villages. Yeah, secluded. Uh, secluded. <laughs> so, when you're, yeah, you're driving into Hungary, it's like an hour, hour and a half. You drive through Gior, which is a little village town, kind of. People pushing wheelbarrows and cobble, <laughs> cobblestone roads. <laughs> oh, I'm like, wow! Oh. I was amazed when I when I saw that. But yeah, they play professional football out there. 
and it's it would be comparable to semi-pro out here that guys are still working their nine to five and they want to continue playing football and they're doing it for free. They're you know they're not making money. So the sponsor, whoever sponsors, mainly just for uniforms and mm. refs and stuff like that. Refs, yeah, sponsors. Do they gotta drive like themselves to an away game? Or yeah. They play all oh, the spot. They get a bus sometimes. Yeah, they'll travel the bus. Nice. Um, so they have a little bit of you know what you need. It's not just completely independent. So. Um, but it's not as popular because soccer is huge out there in Europe. But it's, it's, I think football is beginning to become popular in Europe. You know, they have a lot of youth leagues, uh, flag football, and then youth, you know, 10U, 12U programs like that that, uh, um, that are growing, you know, the sport's growing. And then now you see a lot more uh, European athletes playing football in the States. There's a kid that I guess just transferred in to Santa Margarita from Austria. Mm, yeah. So, someone was telling me about him this weekend that he's giant. <laughs> six seven, yeah. six eight, yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So Austria has a good football uh, league. Uh, Poland, uh, Germany. You know they have a lot of really good popular American football leagues out there. So. We've uh, had a couple couple kids go out and play, right? Andres, mm-hmm. uh, Arthur, Ar- Arthur, and then Cedric Cole. Cedric Cole played out in Europe. Um, else has been out there? I think that was uh, it. A couple guys that I went to school with played played out there. There's a my old receiver coach. He coached at Munich for a long time, Munich, Germany. Uh, so the yeah, others, if you want an experience, you're not going to get paid a lot. All right, you're, you're going to make a few bucks to pay some bills. You know, they might have a bike for you. They might have <laughs> <laughs> they might have a cell phone. You know, cell phone plan. Maybe a weight room. You know, uh, and they'll bring you food like once a month, maybe some groceries. Um, <laughs> but it's not even about the pay because you're not going to get paid a lot. But the, the experience to go on, they'll call it a holiday, go on a holiday, you know, and jump on a train and then just travel through Europe, go to Eastern Europe or go Western Europe and just experience. Man, just, just that, that piece, if that's going to, you know, football brings that to you, that's, that's great. Because, I, again, I have a nephew went through it. He just, you know, loved it that he was able to travel all over. You know, and he would just call me as he's drinking a vino on the, you know, uh, on the water in somewhere in remote Hungary. Like, <laughs> wow, this is something I would never see or experience. But my nephew gets to and talk about it. So, if you guys are looking on that, I think there's a there's a platform called Podium. Do they have a minimum of how many Americans yeah. can be on the field at a time? I think two at a time. I think two at a time, and then they mark your helmet with an A. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they know you're the American. Captain America. Or? <laughs> so they put stickers on. So that's a, a bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you can have four on the roster and then two playing at one time um, on the field. So those are the rules. Those are the rules. Yeah, you, if you're part of that podium, you get emails and updates about you know openings and coaching jobs and right. stuff. So I know I get random. Yeah, random emails on about on that platform. Right. So Will Powell, if you're listening, we're gonna plug in podium here for the international <laughs> players. But yeah, he's done a good job. Will has been all over Europe and then also down in New Mexico, trying to help recruit players to connect um, either uh, you know American players going down and playing in Mexico or Brazil or Europe, um, and then and then also helping on the other end that maybe kids that might be looking at playing in the states. So when I was in Florida, um, they had obviously the Super Bowl was out there for Pop Warner. They brought in 
a team from Mexico as well and a team from Canada, and they were able to play each other at there. So kind of like Little League, right? Mm -hmm. they bring international yeah. teams. Yeah, if they can experience that, that'd be cool. I know they get information on that all the time. We always think it's a scam or something, but... You know, <laughs> just, right? just give us your uh, debit card yeah, number yeah. and your pin. It's like five thousand dollars. You give well, us five, we'll give you twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving just passed, right? We had a we had uh, anybody had plenty turkey bowls, or we just ate the turkey. <laughs> turkey bowls are turkey bowls. They're done. The <laughs> long gone. Nobody plays turkey bowl. Like no man, I miss turkey bowl. Um, but uh, Thanksgiving was uh, good. You know, a lot of people, family time, right? We did a we did a small family. Normally, oh, we have yeah. a really large family gathering, but with the COVID thing, it was it was yeah. minimized. But um, yeah. we got down pretty good. My uncle <laughs> smoked a turkey, and it was Ooh. incredible, incredible. He has some skills, yeah. and yeah. Tell me about this smoked turkey. So, talk about the art of smoking. Any meats, right? Because it's not you can't just throw it in the grill. And, no, 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 there's an art to it, right? You got to tell them about Absolutely. the art. Absolutely, the preparation is the key, right? Yeah. yeah. So with the turkey, I mean, I'm sure we've all had dry oven turkey, <laughs> right? You can't have enough gravy to wash it down with. Well, my uncle he uh, brined it for I think a little over a day. Mm. So, so it sits in a salt sugar bath, a mm. bunch of herbs and spices, and then uh, tucks a little bit of butter under the skin. Yeah. And uh, we throw it on his his smoker, and I think cooked a uh, two twelve pound birds in about two hours. Hey, that's good. Yeah, it was good great, time. but it's it's so juicy, it and there's so much flavor. I mean, I'll never have an oven bird again. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go back. No, you can't. Yeah, you yeah, can't. absolutely, man. I I keep trying to get my family to like stop cooking in the oven and let's start smoking our meats. Or a deep frying, like a deep fried turkey. Let's, let's do one of those. But no, they're kind of, you know, they're okay with the oven because it cooks faster. They think. I think we we cook we cooked the or smoked the prime rib and ribeye, um, and uh, the, the prime rib we cooked for about four and a half, almost five hours, mm -hmm. and then the ribeye was a little bit longer because it was like ten pounds, and we smoked it. And I was trying to get my nephew to understand that it's an art. You know, it's it's not. You know, I didn't have like a trig or anything. I just had a smoker. You know, we're we're putting the mesquite chips in, and, and then you have to keep it going, right? You got the art is to keep it at the temperature, about you know above two hundred around there, and you don't want to get too high, and then um, you know being a, being able to just kind of move the coals around and throw more coals in and move them around and open up the vents and you know and just kind of keep that going for ten hours, right? And there's I said it's an art, man. And they're just they're kind of laughing at me, but <laughs> I said, but that's my time to shine you know, with the coals. Right. That's absolutely the right. that's the art, honestly. Yeah. My dad says that all the time where, you know, maintaining the temperature and, and doing it right. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I'm just gonna get you an electric one. So I do cheat, yeah. but the food's fantastic. I'm ashamed of that. Yeah. Oh I, I still take credit. Yes. yes. I smoked it. Right. Oh, it was great, you know, just cutting pieces of that prime rib and just and, you know you know when it's when it's quiet, nobody's saying anything. That's how you know. You it's did the your best. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're just enjoying it. And uh, yeah, this is a, it's part of Thanksgiving. That's like you know that's what it's about. Right? It's um, bringing family together, hanging out, having a good meal, 
you know, and before you all get back to the grind again weekly. So, um, well, we, we're uh, we're going to introduce um, our guest here, Jay Stevens. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself, um, you know, and then uh, we'll get into talking about a little bit more football. Well, thanks for having me. Um, again, Jay Stevens. I came out here and, um, gosh, for college. And uh, after college, started coaching some football. Uh, my, my little boy was five years old, and so threw him out there. I was a... <laughs> You're playing. <laughs> yeah. I was a firm believer. We're talking about, you know, kids getting wiped out with big hits and stuff. I think a firm part of it is learning how to protect yourself to avoid those hits, know how to take those hits. So I was like, hey, let's go do this thing. And and uh, it was one of those things where everyone's looking around like, okay, so who's going to be the coaches? And no one raises their hands. And so, okay, I've raised my hand. Okay, I'll help out. And now you're the def defensive coordinator. Congratulations. And so that was pretty much it. Take one step back. Yes. Yeah. So Jay, where, where'd you grow up? Um, so I'm from Washington. Okay. Grew up um, when played high school ball out in Ridgecrest for Burroughs High School. Okay. Uh, Ridgecrest, yeah. California. A uh, little tiny Navy town right. out there. Did Carson, Carson Swing, quarterback, come out of there? Carson Swing. The like quarterback at Wyoming. Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, we would end up playing, like, little tiny military town. We'd end up getting on a bus and driving down to Lancaster and Canyon Country, okay. Saugus. All the big D1 schools is who we were playing every weekend. So I've seen what four or three speed looks by looks yeah. like going by me. So, <laughs> so and yeah. Then you said you went to college out of here. Yeah. So I came out here, uh, went to college. Luckily, got to do track in yeah. college, and um, I was a pole vaulter and did decathlon at Long and, Beach. Yeah, yeah, okay. Long Beach, and then um, yeah. So went through went through school and. Uh, um, Ended up tearing, tearing my hamstring and had to figure out what to do next. And luckily, uh, I love science. Mm -hmm. So I ended up um, going through a nursing program. And now I'm a neurotrauma specialist at Long Beach Memorial. Yeah. So uh, I got to tell you, he's the best coach to have on the sideline. Yeah. Kid jams a finger. <laughs> Kids, a whole, you know, he, he's yeah. right on top of it. I'm sitting there throwing up on the other <laughs> And he's sitting there fixing it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Best coach I've ever yeah. a guy like this. And Eric, get out of the way. Here, give him some room. Here, let me fix it. I'll straighten it out. And your mom can take you after the game. Go back in there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. And so now you're in, uh, in your coaching. Yes. Right? Pop Warner. And you had a team that uh, went out to the national championship or? Yeah. So, um, I was lucky and lucky enough to have you know two boys, and I coached my older son. Uh, we started off at Lakewood, Pop Warner. Uh, we had a really good team there for a long time, and then uh, Ken Harley over at LaSalle was wanting a linebacker, and Coach O was in desperate need of a linebacker. So mm -hmm. they uh, they we went over there to help out this team, and I kind of left it up to him. I go, you know, you're on a, a great team here at Lakewood. I go, or you can go over here and help develop a team and grow a team. And uh, he goes, let's go give that a shot. So we went to Los Al and three years of growing a team and building year around, you know, seven on seven, everything. Mm -hmm. They ended up earning a trip to Florida to play in the, for the national championship out there. Wow. So you, they earn a trip and you go down to Florida? Yeah. Okay. That's a trip. And, and then you play. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then yeah, you play California some, and then you play down in SEC country. The boys grow a little bit bigger, stronger, faster out in that area. The uh, so we were the the varsity level is what we were called. The mm-hmm. varsity level. Um, it was we were all thirteen year old kids. We were playing kids out there that just finished their high school season and dropped down to Pop Warner because they were able to be 14 and 15 years old. One of them turned 16 and drove to the game. We had the first game. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking a cigarette, shaving before he goes out on the field. Who's that Um, kid? Oh, he's got a uniform on. (laughs) Our first game was against uh, a team from Florida, and uh, that was was eye-opening. Yeah, 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 they were... uh, they were pretty good, so um, they beat us, man. We uh, it was thirteen-year-olds uh, versus men, and uh, <laughs> they beat us. And, uh, no score, just they beat us. Uh, I don't remember the score to be honest. <laughs> I don't remember the score. But um, our second game was a team against um, uh, Dorchester from New England area, Boston area, and um, and I'll tell you what, they were way bigger than us. But uh, they've never seen a pass in their life. Um, Dylan Eldridge, our quarterback, I think had five touchdowns to Jackson Harley, and they just we just ate those guys up. And um, yeah, yeah, it was impressive. They they couldn't stop that kid. It was amazing. So, um, so um, <clears throat> you said, and I'm taking it back to uh, you tore your hamstring. Yeah, right? and then here we are, and you know this new age where like an injury wouldn't. You know, end career, right? So medicine has changed, football has changed, and all that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you work in, you know, yeah. the hospital, right? So yes. you see a lot of that. Um, how are the injuries changed, you know, for kids and how they come back faster and stronger? Well, I mean, you look at, like, ACLs are probably one of the most common and scary ones we see right now. The, the surgery and the rehab is so much better. So now, instead of when we're cutting into a bone or we're doing something like that, instead of cutting the entire muscle, we are able to move around it, use micro tools that aren't damaging other parts so that rehab time, the injury recovery is so much better, so much faster. Um, My dad just had a hip replacement recently and he was walking that same day. Yeah. You know, so that just shows the the old hip replacement, you were down for days and hoping to stand up in a week. Oh. And uh, so now it's it's you're up and running. Yeah, I always think about Bo Jackson. Man, yeah. right, his injury then, and then what it would be now, and if you know they would recover and be able to be back on the field. Yeah. Wasn't his similar to Kobe Bryant's injury? Well, he had like Tua's injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kobe had the Achilles. Well, right. the, yeah, but he had knee he had knee issues too. Remember that he went to Germany, had the blood injections done. And uh, helped his knee recover oh, on that wow. one off season. Yeah. And so yeah, there's there's so much advances think, that are yeah. amazing. Bo's hip was dislocated. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. And then uh, Tua had the same. Same exact. Same thing as. And he, 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 play, he played the next year. Yeah, and then Bo was done. Was, yeah. So like you can see how it's changed, you know, from that time period to now. And I know there's a lot of coaches that played during that time period that always have. Big cuts, yep. you know, from like ACL yeah. or knee injury, 
you know, that now there's little, just little incisions, <laughs> right? And you go right in and scope it and clean it up. And so, um, now, we, what we talk about in the show a bit, a bit is, uh, uh, you know, like what football and sports is like when you were playing as to what it is now. Um, and so, is that, do you think it's changed for uh, the better? Or is it still, you know, we talk about being being violent, you know, is it more violent? And you know, I, it's, when you talk about change, mm-hmm. change isn't always better. But, um, I mean, growing up, I was a two-sport athlete, and I heard you guys talking on your previous shows how you would go straight from football to basketball to baseball, and mm-hmm. you basically never stopped. And so you were constantly cross-training different muscle groups and yeah. and having a well-rounded body. Now we have kids that are training to be football players, training to be basketball players, and they're working one muscle group over and over. Mm. Look at these baseball kids. Baseball kids that are getting Tommy John at 18 years old. Right. That's crazy. It's a so, lot of innings. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of multi-sport athletes yeah. just for the – development of your body as a kid the fun it ain't all business yet yeah but um but the upside to focusing is now you are special you are really good you're thinking faster than everybody else that isn't there mm-hmm. so it it goes both ways right. but i think the bottom line is again they're still kids they need to have that off season they need to have a different game where they can go and work their bodies do we have more injuries now than than let's say 20 years ago 25 years ago or is it hmm. uh, I, I would say there's more diagnosed <laughs> injuries <laughs> before right. yeah wrap it up before, before wrap it wrap it wrap it wrap it. yeah i mean i was i was telling my sons the other day um i, I grew up on a military base all my coaches were marines and so, beautiful, <laughs> it was rough. Talk, talk about sympathy. Yeah. You, you were tough if you didn't have a water break. Can you imagine? We'd go to jail if we did that now. <laughs> right. right. So, uh, I remember they would call water break and we would sprint to the water. The first two guys got there, got water. Everyone else yeah. was thirsty. Right. And so, I made sure I was fast. I was getting there. Right. So speaking of the Marines, so Bob Wiley, the the Browns O line coach, right? He says stretching. He says stretching's way overrated, right? We won two world wars without stretching. You, <laughs> it's like you think they were worried about running across Normandy with, you know, and worried about stretching. <laughs> All balls are going. He's like, give me my rubber band so I can stretch and run across the freaking beach. <laughs> like you gotta be kidding me, right? So. And you know, my if my nephews were here, they would laugh because they use rubber bands for everything. They warm up. They're you know doing all the stretchy things. And well, yeah, it's funny to hear like the old school coaches are like, "Come on, man, we, you know, we went to war and ran across beaches, and we weren't thinking about stretching or you know doing." <laughs> they were on a troop transport, all shoulder to shoulder. That door hit that rock. They were loose. Right. They were on that thing for a half hour or an hour. You right. Know? And it's either. Then it was life or death. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to pull a hammy and I'm not going to be able to make a play. Right. Right. 
the luxury of I like his, his terminology. I, 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 man, I always laugh about it because I just think about it. You know, guys tiptoeing, you know, across the sand because they're not stretched yet. No, <laughs> 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 I pulled it. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. So like, uh-uh, that's fight or flight, man. And all that adrenaline. You're stretched. You're ready to go, man. <laughs> and when bullets start yeah. coming at you, there's no, there's no, I'm tight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of the way. That's yeah. Funny. You know, um, some of the kids on that team are all in high school right now playing. You want to name some of those kids and oh, tell us, yeah. you know, where they ended up, who they were, and where they where they're playing at? Because I know some kids are at Bosco, some kids are at Lou. I'll tell you, um, our team got picked apart. I mean, they're. Imagine if they'd stayed together. Uh, and <laughs> at, well, they're. It's starting to happen, but um, but uh, we had show. we had a couple kids, uh, Jackson Harley and uh, Logan Boer, go to Bosco, and um, I was just talking to the Bosco coaches the other day, and and they gave a huge compliment to you, by the way. They said, um, they, I don't even know. <laughs> well, no, they they. I mean, it started with you. They said every one of your kids that have come here have been coachable. They don't try to argue with a correction. They say yes, sir. How do we get better? And they do it, and that's a huge compliment. Um, so, um, we have, uh, Nick Garcia, he ended up going to Olu, and, um, he's, uh, no, Gallegos, Nick Gallegos, Gallegos, yeah, Nick Gallegos, he's at Olu, he's, uh, he was a little guy for Did us. he grow? He grew. He's, <laughs> he's came up and snuck up on me the other day and said, hey, coach, I'm like, who is this dude? Right? <laughs> Beard, yeah, deep throat. So, so, it was great seeing him. Um, uh, so, a couple guys after you came, uh, Brian Gerardo. He, uh, he ended up going to Mayfair, and he, as a freshman, got um, um, like league uh, defensive honors or something as a freshman varsity. So he is now transferred over into LoSal. So LoSal's reaping a lot of the benefits that they probably should have kept mm-hmm. home. But um, uh, Dylan Eldridge, again, he, he's over at uh, Cypress. As a sophomore, took his team quarterback, took his team to CIF championship. I mean, great job there. Um, there's um, Harley. Yeah, Jackson Harley. He's at Bosco as well, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, he's playing nickelback for them. He's supposed to be the next man up. He's getting a lot of attention right now. He has a couple offers already. Um, Lane um, Lane Broderick. I believe that's his last name. Um, he's he went to modern day. Now he's back over at Los Al, and he's playing free safety. He's a monster. Uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of special kids. Um, Cezanne. Uh, Cezanne went to Bosco as well. He's still there? No, he's back at Los Al now too. You guys are getting some, some bounce backs. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of dudes rolling into Los Al right now. So What about Rocco? Where's he at? Rocco's at Valley Christian. Rocco, I'll tell you, I mean, he is this little tiny guy, not much bigger than your kid over here. Like he's, he's uh, but uh, he played with a heart. Big heart. Oh my gosh! And uh, I mean, some of the most smart football plays I've ever seen out of a kid. He knew he was going to out jump that wide receiver, but he knew how to time the hit. And that guy would be coming down, and he would dislodge the ball. He was a. Or he would just pull it out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's running the other way. It's like, you yeah. stole that. Yeah, I was waiting for it to come down. <laughs> a great, uh, great story about Rocco. I told uh, my defense one time, I go, guys, I need a defensive touchdown this game. You guys, you get me a defensive touchdown, we're going to Sizzler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He picked the ball, 
and he's going down the sideline, and he points to me as he's running down the sideline and goes, Sizzler! <laughs> and scores. The whole crowd is laughing. And my wife's going, she goes, you're going to Sizzler. <laughs> so that was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other kids. Um, I just blanking on them right now, but they... They are all over the place, and they're doing their thing. It's so proud to see that, you know. Cool. Well, and and then uh, they're all out of the Los Alamitos, like you. Oh yeah, them. yeah. It, it was the whole field was, was Los Alamitos. Los Alamitos. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was not a built team. This was this was a team that grew together for over three seasons, practiced nonstop. I mean, give tons of credit to the parents. Yeah. We would say, hey, we're gonna do this seven on seven, and they would be there, you know. So they were committed just as much as those boys were and they worked and they are those boys were never afraid to go up against anybody i remember the first time we played uh, i think linwood or somebody they looked that was the only time i think they were afraid <laughs> they were like do you want us to go out there go out there and they they took some lumps but they yeah. after that they were they grew a lot so uh seven on seven is new for like the youth programs mm -hmm. but they're they're running right i mean they're competing at seven on seven and yeah. Seven on seven is great for the skilled guys. Coach and I don't love it so much for defense, <laughs> um, but it has actually really paid off because we were able to work a lot of practice coverages. Like, I didn't go out to win seven on seven. Mm. I went out there to let's work a skill, let's do this, let's, do, let's, work, let's mix coverages, let's do these things. And it actually paid off because yeah. we got down to the Orange Bowl championship against Santa Margarita and we ran a mixed coverage we never practiced. Mm. And I heard from you guys, seven on? From seven yeah, on seven. Yeah. And we ended up getting three interceptions, turned the game around, and won it in double overtime. And that's the film they took against you. That <laughs> 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 three three uh, amoeba defense. Yeah, amoeba. coverage. Yeah. <laughs> how has that changed football? You know, doing things like that, seven on seven, the, the training. You know, how has that changed you sports? Because we didn't, I don't remember. Doing any of that. Yeah, only when football yeah. started when yeah. seven on seven started for the summer, right? After you were in football, right? Man, but I mean, it wasn't like the off season or like well, you we, know, in well, yeah, September, January, February, where there was seven on. We never had an off season that like training. There wasn't any training or seven on. No, you were just in another sport. It was well, hell week, and that was you know that was the beginning of football. Then. Yep. So there wasn't uh, any. I don't remember doing any other training. Well, baseball, you know that winter baseball but it wasn't training it was games you're just competing but you know like the seven on seven we did that in high school for the first time was just our well i guess sophomore right your sophomore yeah, year sophomore. so you're looking at 94 95 you know they had a seven on seven but now it's trickled down all the way down to the youth right oh yeah you got little little guys out there i think yeah. i think seven on seven has really helped develop the passing game and so you look at all the Southern California quarterbacks that are getting recruited Everywhere. across the nation. Yeah. I mean, 7-on-7 seven seven has, has really developed that. And uh, the different programs out here, Stars and all those different guys yeah. out here, Coach Frog, you know, like they've really put a lot of time and attention into developing quarterbacks. And so mm -hmm. it's helped the passing game. It's helped a lot of that stuff. But from a defensive standpoint, I want to hit you in the mouth. Linebackers playing 10 yards deep? No. 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 And even in 7-on-7, seven seven, if my linebacker's first step is backwards, I am losing my mind. 
Because <laughs> I, I, I don't want them to learn somebody that. Is. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when you play, when you go seven on, like doesn't it drive you crazy when those linebackers are dropping 15, 18 yards? Yeah, I mean, you run in, <laughs> we're running, uh, you know, cross. You have your, you have your, your slot guy crossing over, running an over route, and the linebacker's deeper than he is. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. I mean, if I wanted to, I'd just run draw on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, but, you know, like you guys said, seven on seven does develop some skills. Um, as a big pass guy myself, I I don't like seven on seven. People always ask me all the time. I mean, you see me at practice, I get yeah. bored when doing seven on seven because it's not realistic. Yeah. Not realistic. Um, I mean, there are teams that, that work like, like it sounds like you guys have a good good idea of what you want to do and make sure that you guys are working certain fundamentals, certain skills. I mean, heck, I pra- you know, even when we do seven on seven mm-hmm. at practice, I'll, I'll run one concept the whole time just to make sure that we're making sure that we're working that stuff and looking to beat anybody i used to tell our kids and uh you know wherever i coach we go to these passing league tournaments i said the only reason we're going is one to compete so you learn about competition two i want to see who does what when it's third down right and those things yeah who's gonna make plays i said other than that i mean i care less about being a t-shirt champion i want to be at the end of the year i want to have i want to have an opportunity to try to compete for a for a ring or you know a league title or something um so the passing league stuff's cool just um uh, he said there's 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 good ways to do it there's bad ways to do it um and a lot of those programs i think uh as it gets more popular um you know you start seeing people do it just to win the, the, the seven passing on, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. i think one of the most valuable things on seven on seven though is i heard you guys talk earlier on your previous show that you would go and grab a kid from this city or this city to kind of come play with you so you'd have a better team. It kept our boys together as a team, and they weren't getting picked by other clubs. And uh, then people saw what we were doing. They're like, oh, I want to go be a part of that. And so it was a natural draw for people. Mm. So we were able to keep them together as a team, and uh, they really became tight friends. And so even though these boys have gone to different high schools and they're achieving – they still get together all the time, right. and uh, they're buddies, and so that's really right. cool to see. And how how do you create that? You know, just keeping them together, because that's what's tough around With you the know parents, the area. Yeah. The parents, you know, there's parents shopping kids around, and how, how do you keep? <laughs> I think Jude has you know, three, what do you, three shops a week. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Like you know, team building activities. You know, what what is it that? Yeah, I have to give a lot of credit to the head coach um, Ken Harley. Ken Harley, he um, he really wanted to create. An environment and Todd Eldridge and these guys they really created team and so hey let's go do a pre Super Bowl Sunday seven on seven game against ourselves and then we're gonna go to my pool jump in barbecue and we'd all just hang out together and so it was it was tight and um, yeah so it's it's effort it's it's commitment and the coaching staff just but again the parents buying in and wanting to be a part of it mm-hmm. um, well, yeah. that's like what you built with your booster club, because you guys did a lot of activity and stuff that wasn't, you know, just about, I mean, it was the football family or the football team and the, the family of the team, right? But it was everybody that was involved with it, correct? I mean, yeah. basically what you're doing is you're developing that community. Yeah, just keeping, yeah, keeping it keeping it in the family and uh, and also making people feel part of that family, like you said, is is inviting those people that kind of look like they want to be a part of it, they're not sure, you know, they don't really know what to expect is making them feel welcome too. You do that, I think, you know, like I think I, I told you last time, is, 
you know, my purposely was the moms, right? The moms are the ones that love, they love the most. So, like, everybody felt love when they came into our program. You know, me, I was a head coach, so sometimes I had to be, you know, the, the jerk. and <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes, uh, you know, people were a little bit less likely to come talk to me as opposed to my wife, who was one of the top people on the booster. So um, we would do things like that purposely just to make sure it felt welcome. Um, one of the coolest things we did, and, and we had, like, just like you guys, we had like a, a family barbecue before we kicked off. Um, so we'd have it every year. Um, <clears throat> it was a family barbecue. I made the kids, all the kids had to do by their grade levels. They had to do the skits and, and things like that. Um, one thing I, I, and I can't remember, I'm trying to remember if I uh, exactly, because I would like to give them credit for it, um, what program I got this from. But um, we took this, uh, I had went to a clinic and again, I'm, I'm upset because I can't remember exactly who I got this from. <clears throat> they had uh, very similar, everything was very similar to what I was doing already. But they had an, a chance where at a bar, at the family barbecue, they already had spoke to the parents and the players. We used to have a sleepover. So that was right before the barbecue. So I would tell the players, they get the information last minute. So the, the players were had to write a letter to their parents and let them know how um, appreciative and and um, how much they appreciated and loved their their families and their and their parents for what they did. And I, and I wanted to uh, talk about it last week when you had mentioned about your father, because it reminded me of that. Um, so having having that letter, they would write it. And I would tell the kids, now, make sure this thing, like, I don't want this thing to be like just a Valentine's card. Hey, I love you. You know what I mean? <laughs> tell them like, how you feel. Like, tell them how you feel about them. Like, how appreciative you are, because they're sacrificing for you to, for, for you to do this, whether that's money, time, whatever it is, you know, they're sacrificing for your life. So you guys are going to write this letter to your parents. Now, I didn't tell them, but, you know, a month earlier I had a parent meeting. When I had the parent meeting, I had told the parents about this. And I told the parents, hey, and of course, I usually used to talk to the moms, but if a dad was there, I'd let them know too, you know. I want you guys to write them a letter. You guys are going to present this letter to them at the barbecue. No one's going to read it. It's just your kid and, and you, you know, but we'll know what it says we won't know I, and you know I said but don't do me a favor like don't be one of those kids that don't do your homework because you don't want your kid to be the only kid on on our team that don't get a letter so they kind of put pressure on the parents to remember <laughs> so we would do that and then uh, right before we would uh, end the barbecue you know I had uh, first time I did it we had the the parents and the players swap letters and both of them didn't know they were going to give each other a letter so they did that and it was probably that was probably one of the best things I ever did in the program because you just got to see the the heart of like so there's some parents that didn't even know their kids loved them like or yeah. and vice versa the kid mm -hmm. didn't know how much the the parents looked up to him for for sticking through a, you know two a days in spring and being on time and doing these things so um to see those things happen and then to see the family environment just continue to grow uh, once we did that it was kind of like i mean every year everybody kind of expected something like that as a family and and i mean we'd have parents that would come and that were super involved and they expected something like, "Hey, what's going on with San Gabriel?" You know, we wanna we wanna make sure that uh, that family environment's still there and and have that. So that's how, and I, and those those are things like um, I remember you were talking about earlier before we got on. You were talking about your two sons, different mm -hmm. teams. Um, there are you know you've been a part of uh, teams, or you're really good because you have a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. It might not be a very good team. They're very good. They're talented. Then you have those teams like the other team where. 
that's a, that's family. The the philosophy, the everything's together. So you have to say much. You can overachieve with with uh, less less talented players and things like that. So I think that's where you build those things, and and, and that's where you see those differences. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's the secret sauce, and football and, and you know sports don't really understand that aren't consistent winners is that they don't understand the, that community. You know, because to me that was that was a big part of, of making a team. Like one of the questions you guys asked me was, you know, well, you know, when did you know we were going to win? Was, you know, the sleep the sleepover up in Big Bear. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was and it was it had nothing to do with being on the football field. It was how you guys I saw you guys interact with each other, and and uh, uh, you know you could see the love. You know, and you know it's a tough macho sport that we play in, but you got to care about guys you're playing with you know and, and you saw it you guys lived it you guys nurtured it and cultured it and then the result was a championship team you know same thing with you you know you you you, you had the parents you know actually directly get involved with their kids and that's what nurtured you know that family and that tight-knit community where everybody didn't want to let anybody down I mean that's that's how you win in sports it's it's the teams and you know talent gets you so far but it's, it's that extra step, that, that, that extra layer that, mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people don't know or think about. You know, you think about some of these NFL teams, and one of the NFL teams and one of the owners that, to me, doesn't get it, and that's the Washington Redskins, or the Washington Football Club, or whatever they're called nowadays. <laughs> oh, Schneider. Yeah, that, that owner, Dan Schneider, is an idiot. He's think, he thinks by just getting the best athletes and throwing them on the team that they're going to win, and they don't win that way. And, and one of the, the first time I really realized, you know, how he wasn't a really good uh, owner was um, when when uh, Spurrier, when he hired Spurrier out of Florida. Now, Spurrier, to me, is one of the greatest offensive minds ever to coach in, in, in any, any level of football. And um, watching his concepts, everything that he did back then are, you know, still popular today and people still use it today. And when he went there and he couldn't do what he needed to do because the owner wouldn't let him do it, um, and he didn't have that football, you know, family feeling, he got out. You know, and to me, it's like if Spurrier doesn't feel it or see it, you know, something's wrong. And so, you know, a lot of these teams, that you know, they fire coaches like like uh, Detroit Lions just fired, yeah, you know, Patricia. their coach. Yeah, and, 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 that, and I always say that's why I wore that Steelers shirt that, that one time. I love the Steelers because the Roonies, they've had three coaches since the 60s. Three. <laughs> and they got, what, Chuck Noll has two rings, uh, Cowher has a ring, and Tomlin has a ring. Yeah. You know, like they win, and every decade they win. Mm-hmm. You know, and all they got these other owners. You know, that like stupid Jerry Jones. That you know, <laughs> he fired the best coach in the NFL <laughs> because of ego. Yeah. But you know, it's that camaraderie and that that it's that level that I don't think people understand. Right, know? right. And that formula we always talk about the the winning formula, right, uh, to coaching. And I think about that Big Bear trip, and I think about you know how we were all together, but. It was like what led us to that point, to a breaking point, to get along or not get along, and um, we had gone on that that <laughs> that trip, the back road hike. hike. Oh my god! Right, I read that story. By the way. Yeah. So we went on this hike, and we we coach. I remember the funniest part was Coach Curly had this Nissan Sentra, right? But we were like four wheeling. Four wheeling, we were in dirt roads, and his little Nissan, was, you know, just kind of zipping over the rocks. And I think there was seven people. Yeah. In the car. Uh, and uh, Brady was driving the Land Cruiser. We were with Brady. Oh. Were you in the Brady's vehicle? And uh, you know, we were having a good time, and, and Brady likes to drive fast and have a good time. And we ended up going over this hill, and it was sandy, 
and we just went, spun up, and we we tipped, we tipped. I thought you were there was nobody around us. We actually we actually stayed back purposely to do that. To do that. And I'm and trying to like, I'm in the middle. Okay, how are guys a fraud? How are people in my mirror? Yeah. How can that, you know, just wreck the team building part, right? Because we did our own thing. Like, think about that that piece, right? If we had rolled, if we would have rolled, rolled, rolled the quarterback again, the tragedy, the right? That like that's tragic. I would have been, I would have been in jail. Right. And we're not thinking about those things, you know. What you're trying to do, you know, we're not thinking about those things. But but at the time when it happened, we spun out. We almost tipped over, and I remember. Uh, I was holding on to the, like, the oh shit bar like <laughs> about to tip over and we don't tip over and we're just like oh man what the like, you were scared you were scared yeah, and, and, and we had and we had those things in common now that we could talk about and laugh and joke and that brought you know camaraderie to just that small group of guys that you know I, I mean I knew you know I knew Brady but I didn't know him and you know, I knew Jude. Who else was that? Kenny? Was he in there? Probably Kenny. I think Kenny was on that window side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we had all come from different schools, and we had went to school together, but we just didn't really know, know each other like that. And I think about, you know, some of those things that you were trying to build, you know, but, we're like, we weren't following suit till after. Then we kind of finally got it, right, of, like, bringing us together, and then we then we got back, right? No, oh, and we, we got to the hike. <laughs> We won't talk about the hike, <laughs> but the hike was fun. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a uh, nude hike. <laughs> that wasn't by your choice. But we weren't. No, but we weren't no, nude. no, not us. We, we <laughs> were optional. Yeah. Totally optional. Well, we, no, didn't, we didn't know. We were. We, we had no idea. <laughs> we're in one of these hot springs, right? And we like, well, what the heck? A bear is that? <laughs> What's going on? Walking towards us. <laughs> but yeah, when, when all of that was. When all of that was done, right, we, it was like two and a half, three hours of switchback getting to the hot springs of where we actually made it to, right, during that whole event. And then that was over, and then we, we instead of, we didn't go back in the same direction we came, we actually just went right around the corner, and it was like a 10-minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, remember, we just, <laughs> just <laughs> right around the lake, and we were back at, at the cabin. It was like... We could have done this <laughs> the whole time. We didn't have to go two and a half hours, three hours, you know, in this bumpy road and, and almost crashed and killed ourselves. Like, we could have just drove 20 minutes <laughs> to get to this hot springs. That's rolling and the dice of team building right there. <laughs> that was just... Oh, I, I didn't know I was being led by, by my guy. <laughs> A friend of mine, you know? But, so. that was, you know, that the thing when you go back, we talk about it we, and we have a, a common you know, thought process now of, of doing that for our kids, right? Team building, bringing them together, doing something out of the ordinary, doing something that, they're, that they've never done, you know. Uh, you know, I've never been to Big Bear growing up. Uh, go to the mountains and hang out or a cabin trip, you know. That's something they do now, but it was, you know, we weren't doing it before. And uh, so those things I, I always remember and cherish and I share with my kids and I also try to do the same thing for them, you know, just something out whether it's a sleepover you know writing letters you know the parents i mean that's the thought process it's not just a, a whim you know you can't just be like oh man here's what we're gonna do today no <laughs> you, gotta plan you, you gotta plan it you gotta you know really yeah. plan yeah, it you can't have someone go for yeah. a swim and not have any food yeah. <laughs> all these football kids they're yeah. gonna want to eat yeah. you know 
and, <laughs> and you know that that's the preparation piece of it is really important you know you you're preparing you're teaching your coaches to do that you're teaching it costs money you got to have cash to to make sure you got right. enough food and drink for everybody and yeah yeah i mean and the football team isn't you know like a baseball team basically there's 12 guys right football team is 40 30 40 50 guys you know you got to i mean that that Think about feeding 40 mouths, take them to a restaurant. If you had had them pay for the bill of the restaurant for 40 people, what's that going to cost you? <laughs> you know, yeah. 1500 bucks. Oh, you want a dip? <laughs> right? And so, I mean, think about, people don't realize when you do stuff in football, man, it, it's it's costly. It's costly. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you have 100, 100 guys on the roster, man. Yeah. You know, and that's why. And you got linemen. <laughs> that's like feeding three in one. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah. one, one of my favorite things on that is uh, when we did the overnights and we did those um, team building things was the, um, we always had a talent show. Mm. I always enjoyed watching the talent show. And sometimes they would make fun of, like, the coaches. And so you get to kind of see how you're looked at by mm-hmm. your peers, you know, by your kids that play for you. And, like, you know, I, I guess I was more of a screamer, you know, with you guys than I am now. And, and so a couple guys would go up there and they'd put a skit together and it would be like a scene out of one of our practices when I jump someone's ass, you know. And I just sit there, and I would just sit there, and, and I'd laugh. I thought it was funny, right? But it actually, you know, gave me a, you know, oh, okay, so that's how they see me, you know. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, when you're younger, you can't help it, you know. Like you don't, you, you don't know you're building your reputation, so you just, you know, you, you fly off the handle when you fly off the handle, or you get in someone's mm-hmm. face, or you know, you're pissed off about something, you just blow up, and the f bombs come out, right? But then when when I started doing those talent shows. And I'd see the kids like do a t- uh, you know a skit on me, you know I'd feel this big sometimes thinking <laughs> fuck you know I, 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 that's how they see me you know like that's that's what that's what I walked away with mm. where it helped me grow myself mm. even though it was funny and everybody's laughing I'm looking around going shit I'm the butt of this joke you know mm. and you know like sometimes I'd, I'd have my whistle when we're doing up downs you know they 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 do the up downs <laughs> and the other kids were doing them and then they they would be faking like they were doing them and they were all laughing showing how how I would watch them and wait for them to get up and I'd stand <laughs> right over them and look at them like oh man <laughs> that's what I look like okay yeah but it, but I mean that, then that's part of also the team building and, and and sometimes the funniest guys are the ones you don't even know are funny. You know, until that happened, or they they have the the strength or the the fortitude to go up there and want to yeah. put on. You know, they're just like God. I, that kid can act. <laughs> yeah. We are in Hollywood, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you ever get? Um, you said you feel that little, but would you get mad? Um, not at that. Not on those <laughs> nights. You know, yeah. because on on those nights, I knew that that you know it was talented. You guys can make fun of you know coaches. You can make fun of other you know players. You can make fun of you know yeah. situations. Or and then some guys would just like. You know, take a comedy skit from you know someone they saw on TV. Yeah. You know, my name is Billy Bob Doe. I play tight end. You know, and <laughs> they would just imitate a, a copy the skit. But yeah. I wouldn't get mad on that. I, yeah. I would actually, I would enjoy it. I kind of unplugged, like, out yeah. of coach mode, yeah. and unplugged and just you know, hey, you know, we're in a different environment. You know, yeah, I can't get mad. <laughs> I Co- mad. Coaches, yeah, don't I don't mean, get mad, coaches. I did, a, I did have a list of up downs after. When <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we got back, okay, oh, I'm Monday. Get that guy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we would have that, uh, the skits and everything. Yeah, it coaches. Every player in America has mocked you in the locker room and somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's it's good and, and it's fun and, you know, it's good for the locker room. Uh, so, like, 
Yeah, and they do it out of love, you know. They do it because they care, and they're actually watching you. Think about it, right? Like you said, they're watching you. They're watching your every move, your every step. What coaches, you say. What you say and how you react. You know, they even have, I, I think they showed on ESPN a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, some of the players are doing post-game uh, speeches <laughs> from their coaches, right? You know, and they're, they're uh, you know, talking like their coach and giving their quotes and everything. So it's it's done in every single locker room, guys. But um, it's good for the... It's good for the group group of kids to do that, and uh, that's the team building. I know I've I've, I've been uh, part of some programs that haven't done anything like that team building. They're just kind of football, football, football. And, you know, I think you know that gets a little old too. You need to break it up. You know, you have to break it up. You have to break up because there's you know times there can be some frustrations and a lot of tension, and you know times like that team building it just breaks it up. You know, for a lot of that teaches the kids how to get over it, move on, not get upset, not get caught up emotionally a ton. You know, like, the, I'm not saying don't get emotionally uh, involved but or invested. is, But just, you know, know that football is a grind and your kids need a break. You know, they need that mental break. Have yeah, fun. Have fun. They need to enjoy it. It not, you know, it's not be a job for them. Um and, uh, yeah, it becomes a job in college. It's, it's, it's a job <laughs> you know, in college. In high school, yeah. in high school, it should still be kind of fun. You know, right. Instead of that football factory. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here's this football schedule, right? Some guys lifting at 6 a.m. Maybe Start right? class, yeah. Start class at 8. You have 8 till noon, and then you have your lunch. Then you have maybe a tutor session. Then you have football meetings at 3 o'clock. Then you're on the field at 4. You don't get off till 6, 6.30. Then you have your... your Meal, right? Then you have study sessions or tutor sessions or whatever set up two hours a day and five, you know, ten hours a week. And then after that, you know, then it's you know by the time it's eight nine o'clock at night, and then you still have homework, two hours of homework to do on top of that. <laughs> then the alarm goes off at five right. thirty, and, and you're being called up at six. Right, and that's every day. You know, there's there's you know no off season. Yeah, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like work. Yeah. You gotta work a schedule. So you gotta be able to take those breaks and unplug, even as players, you know, unplug, you know, do those things that uh you know, just kinda like you said, just take a step back and relax, play some video games, you know. Uh, Earlier you asked um how things are different between <laughs> like back in the day and now. Right. And uh, I think the kids being able to make fun of you and laugh at you shows a level of respect. You know, and I think that's big. When I, when I was a kid playing, um, again, you had to respect your coaches. That was an expectation of where I grew up. You know, it was like, you don't earn it; it's given. It's, that's it. Um, nowadays, I feel like you have to earn the trust and the respect of the players, mm-hmm. and um, and that is a totally different environment. So, going out there and showing them what it's all about and everything so showing the, allowing the kids to laugh at you i think that shows that they respected you at that point yeah. you know that's they do. <laughs> <laughs> no, well i, I think agree. yeah i think the process i was talking to jude about this the other day the process now is taking a little bit longer than you know a a, a season it's taking two three year process for that's pretty interesting. Yeah, as opposed to like when you step into a program with Tom Osborne, like you know, he had the respect. You already knew who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew what your the expectations, what you were stepping into, right? 
and because maybe I don't know if there's a lot of movement or what it is with high school players, but it, yeah, it's, it's just it's not a one season thing. It's a whole developmental piece, two three years before you you earn that respect, you know, from a player and vice versa. You know, mm -hmm. even a coach to um, you know a player, uh, you know, that maybe has been to three different high schools, and here he plops into our program, you know, because he can play. Should, you know, anything be given to him? Absolutely not. You know, there should be that earning process. And, you know, what does that take from a player? You know, how long does he earn the trust, from, you know, from the coach to, you know. And the team. Yeah, and the team. Yeah. Right? And if that doesn't happen, you know. Uh, it's not a good fit. Not a good <laughs> fit. And maybe the, you know, the kid leaves and he's at his fourth high school in, you know, three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that part of that process, right? So now, it's like I said, it's taken longer. I think for you, coach, and you know, uh, when you had those kids for three seasons, and you know, you're coaching us for two seasons. You know, it took, you know, the probably the two, you know, two years, and even even beyond that, you know, uh, to gain trust and uh, you know, just um, know that like getting the common denominator of football has done it for us. You know, that that was it. If it wasn't for football, then I don't know. <laughs> you know what our paths even cross, <laughs> right? Paths don't cross, you know. And I don't learn all that I did, you know, from you, coach, and you know. And then, um, you know, same thing on, on Jude's side. You know, if it wasn't football, I don't know if I'd be hanging out with Jude. You know, uh, because again, everything we do right now is football based, or has always been. You know, he's been coaching different places. And I call him up and say, "Hey, here's what, what I'm doing." You know, he do the same. And, mm -hmm. You know, football has kept us. You know, connected. So, you know, uh, I always tell tell students or tell kids or families that like tools got football's got to be the tool. You know, it's got to be the tool to get you where you need to get to. You know, uh, life after high school, life after football. You know, because it ends. You know, and it's some sooner than later, and it's not going to be forever. And I think the percentage is like point zero zero one percent of high school seniors go on. You know, to continue, mm -hmm. right? So it's like well. You know, what next? You know, what do they do? How do they figure out, you know, the direction path to head into? So I know we talked a little bit about that, Jude, of like, you know, creating the leadership. You know, um, you asked me earlier about the, the tie. Yeah. Uh, you know, putting on ties, you know, that's all part of it, right? That's all part of the program and, mm -hmm. you know, what we do for kids. So. Um, well, I think, I think that's a huge part is, you know, a lot of people don't want their kid to play football because of the risk of injuries and things like that. There's risks at everything we do. But the arena of football, teaching these kids how to be men through the arena of football, learning how to be coachable. If you're not coachable, you're not hireable. Hmm. You know, and and so when I hear Bosco and these other schools say, hey, you did a great job with these guys. They are coachable kids. I'm like, I did my job. Hmm. I'm not... I'm not training these kids to be, you know, high school studs, college studs. I hope they can become that if that's what they want. I want them to learn learn how to be men, and mm -hmm. and if if I do that, then man, I did the right thing. I feel, you know, winning games that's always more fun than losing. But the biggest lessons will often come from losing, and uh, and just that that desire for someone to work harder and, and persevere, and um, you know, you look at a lot of kids nowadays that want to be freshman starters on varsity. 
They're upset if they're not. Yeah, and they're <laughs> upset. And and uh, I mean, I won't lie. My 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 son, he's a junior linebacker, outside linebacker at Los Al, and there's three seniors in front of him. The only three seniors on the defense. And, and he's out there scrapping. And he he actually came to me. He's like, "Do you think I should transfer?" I go, "No, you should go work and take one of their jobs." Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and he has been in the room, weight room. He's lifting. He's eating. I mean, he's he's doing everything he can. And he's making headway, and the coaches notice. So I'm proud of him for that. Yeah. This kid's a hitter. Yeah, you know it's gonna be. He can hit. <laughs> it would be funny if they went to a three-four. Yeah. But add one more. Yeah. Right no. position. He's like, man, I worked out to beat someone out in a four-three, and we're going about three-four. Oh, <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> Maybe you need to work on getting the DC fired. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, stick it out, guys. Stick it out, guys. Hey, right. isn't too far. There's something to it. Right. There's something to it with with sticking it out. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, I, I have a nephew. Um, you know that you look at his transcripts. He has four or five different high schools. Um, man, I've talked to him about the commitment because he's, he's now in his first year. You know, and, and there's always that growing pains in the first year as a freshman. You know, you're scared. You want to leave. You're away from home. You're homesick. Man, get through that first year. Get through the first year. I promise you, you'll survive the rest of, you know, the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, you'll act like you'll, you'll, you'll become accustomed to what's yeah. going on. Because it's all new. Yeah. Well, did you, did you want to share your story, how I got you to South Dakota? <laughs> all right. Here's this. <laughs> Because I knew. Uh, I knew. Here, here's a story. If I, if, well, I, if I gave you a round trip ticket, right. you would be gone right. in, in two weeks or, well, or a month. So, you know, my my journey, right, went to College of the Canyons, went to Glendale. I had already transferred, right, one school. I bounced around community colleges, right? And now here I am looking to transfer to third school, right? So there's, when you, when you think about it, you know, I'm doing exactly what I was telling the kids not to do now. <laughs> like, commit, commit, commit. So... As I'm going through the recruiting process uh, out of Glendale Community College, Coach John Scudo was, was helping me uh, get out, and Sid Stark, and th- those guys were helping me connect to schools, and I had, Glendale was helping me connect to schools, and I know had Coach Rona had done this for other players, so I had reached back out to him, and I said, you know, I'm looking to transfer, and so, um, man, you, this was back in, in 90, or 2000, it was back in 2000. And so uh, Coach Rona's like, yeah, but, you know, meet me at my place, and, and we'll we'll start uh, sending out mailers, right? So before email, before <laughs> email, before uh, which actually email was around in '85. I didn't have it. I had tapes. AOL. <laughs> we, had, we had AOL. We had VHS tapes. We had letters and stats and old uh, newspaper clippings. And so Coach was like, find forty schools, so we begin finding. Money you waste too. Uh, I know. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, 40 schools, there's envelopes, right? So I'm writing out to all the schools, and there's this book that you get from the, the AFCA convention that has all the school's addresses, what division, enrollment, uh, tuition. It's, it's the book that, that you can get. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just looking at schools. And so as, like, community college, Glendale is helping me uh, with recruiting. Coach Rowan is helping me out with recruiting. And so his contact was on on the mailers, right, that we had sent out. And I don't know if all 40 of them went out. Like I said, it gets expensive, right? But I sent all 40. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's, you know, I know the recruiting process, there was like uh, a lot of mid- Midwest schools, Hastings College, Dakota Wesleyan, uh, North Dakota State, 
Uh, and then here in California, we had like Laverne and Calu and Humboldt. And, you know, so all these schools were like interested, right? But I needed to have 48 uh, academic units to transfer at 45. I was missing a math class. So all the schools were telling me, hey, take this math class. It'll three units get you to 48, and then you can transfer uh, in the summer. And so Coach Rona was, you know, he's at this point he's on the phone with the coaches, and there, you know, Rod Olson gets connected to Coach Rona, and Rod Olson is, um, he's a life coach out of, uh, he's out of Denver now, and uh, you know, he's a guy when when he steps in the room, and and I'm, I'm not mocking you, Coach, so, but <laughs> That's out of like, respect, <laughs> yeah, out of respect, he, you know, he takes command of the room, like, hey guys, you know, you better check your ego as you walk through this door. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he would. that's him. That was a big personality. And so, like, he gets on the phone with Coach, and Coach got a big personality. So these guys are having their conversation. And next thing I know, Coach Holt calls me. Coach Ronald calls me and says, hey, uh, you're going to Dakota West now. I said, what? <laughs> I didn't I'm like, I got I got these other schools. Like, you know, he's like, no, you're going to Dakota West now. All right. So this was um, in uh, December, and they wanted me to transfer up in January. And so we made the decision right before Christmas, hey, this is where I'm going. And Coach O says, you know what? I got you, man. I got you a one-way ticket to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's chilly up there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> right. I didn't tell him. <laughs> and the reason why we're talking about this, because, it, it, you know, I, as soon as it happened, right? So I left January, I think it was like January 7th, right? So I get on a plane. I remember meeting my receiver coach at the airport and the connecting airport in Denver, uh, Dave Kamara. We fly into Sioux Falls, and the wrestling coach, Coach Shadwinkle, um, he, he picks me up along with some wrestlers and uh, my best friend, Osaro Kyles, from uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Right, stuffs us all in this Buick car, and uh, we, you know, I don't know anybody. And in that car, Justin Portnier is in that car. He uh, ends up being a wrestling national champion. At the NAI level, Osaro ends up being a national champion with the Sioux Falls Storm, and so I had these, you know these guys, the characters that I met, and um, we drive to uh, Mitchell where Dakota Wesleyan's at, and I don't know, you know, like I have no idea where I'm, I've never left. I've been to Vegas, Laughlin, you know, uh, TJ. I've been, mm-hmm. you know, Rosarito. Just all around SoCal. Just, yeah, just all SoCal, right? Just well, I never left, like you know, aside from well Texas, but. You know, it's just, you have family there. So I, I, here I am in the Midwest, and it's they had just got done with the blizzard. So there's, you know, a foot of snow piled around. It's cold. And um, I remember getting my bags. They checked me into the dorm. And I zip open my bag. I got some loafers, some dockers, <laughs> a polo. <laughs> what the hell is this? And I started looking for, you know, for my bed sheets. I started looking for my pillow and uh, you know, all the comfort things, right? And it ends up, I ended up taking somebody else's luggage. <laughs> so there I am in the dorm with no bed sheets, no pillow, nothing. I slept on my, my book bag on the first night in, in my coat, right? In my coat. And I, I was just thinking on my bed, like, man, I hate it here. I'm out of here. But I had, had, I had a one-way ticket. I had no way of getting back. I had no money in my pocket. You know, we didn't have, we didn't come from much money, you know. And so I couldn't just jump back on a plane or, you know, these guys had talked about taking a bus, you know, but that's a three-day trip from South Dakota to California. I said, I'm not doing that. 
And so I hated it. I wanted to leave for that entire semester. I wanted to go, I wanted to go. But, you know, you look at the big picture, right? The decision you're making, like what it's going to do for you and your family. And I ended up, uh, you know, sticking it out. I ended up meeting a lot of guys that I'm really good friends with now. I've been in their weddings, uh, you know, been to funerals. I've been to their you know, birth of their son or daughter. You know, I've been to their football games or kids' football games. Like, you know, uh, my buddy Osaro, I talked to his kids the other day on the phone. You know, just, um, you know, things like that wouldn't happen if I was just real quick and ready to jump and jump ship, you know. And so that commitment piece, having to commit to Dakota Wesson, who at the time was only one and nine, you know, and uh, um, we ended up two and eight the next year and then three and seven my senior season. And the next year they went six and four. Um, and you know that that piece um the commitment piece has been huge because uh when i've got out of school you know the reason why a lot of um people hire me or you know um or recruit me for a job is because of my commitment to the university or committing to my degree or committing to my you know my studies like that's the main one of the main reasons because well you we know you've committed to you know four years of school that's why we're more interested, you know. And I and I never saw it like that. I never. Well, I know I have all this information. Like I, I you know, I got this this degree. They're like, well, you know, your commitment is really what we want. You know, I said, wow, you know. And so that's really important when I'm talking to the kids, teaching the kids is, is the commitment, sticking it out, gut it out, you know, and things will fall in your direction the way they're supposed to. You know, don't have any regrets about it, even if you don't win. Cause that's what everybody's looking for, right? They're looking for that win, yeah. right? To be on the team so they get the win. You get the, but you know, like I said, my nephew went to a team that won, but you know, his college coach looking at his transcripts, or Nick Saban's looking at his transcripts, and you bounced around. He's like, you know, he said it. He's vocal about it. Like, I don't want those kids, you know, that have been to four different, three different high schools. Mm. Yeah, and so um, stick it out, man. It it'll pan out the way it's supposed to. I believe it. You know. Absolutely. You know, don't think about it. you're going to go on the seven-on-seven seven team and you get yourself an offer because little Johnny has an offer. You know, you keep working hard. If a coach notices you, um, you know, again, college coaches do their job. You know, and I know a lot of kids used to go unnoticed. You know, but nowadays, yeah, sorry, it's all it's too all much, too much information. It's all there, man. One click of a button, you you get a you know a rolodex of 500 kids. You know that you're looking for. Before it was good like film. good film. Before it was like getting those mailers with the VHS tape, <laughs> popping it in. It's black and white. And those squiggly lines. Squiggly lines. You don't know who's who. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my Tiny numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I got from you know from that commitment piece. And, that, and and when I coached college football and I recruited, I used that you know the same thought process with the kids. Man. I was like, where do you want to be? You know, where do you want to be? You want to bounce around? You know, when they try to leave school, I'm telling them just kind of the same thing, man. You committed here. Um, I also thought the kids that were looking at our school, the kind of the same idea of, of my story, you know, how I ended up. And there's a lot of kids from Southern Cal that went to Dakota Wesleyan and graduated and now back here, you know, um, in the workforce. and Contributing. Contributing and, and you know, they're family men and they have children. and. Um, and you know, every every now and then, you know, uh, get a call or you know, just to see how I'm doing. But you know, that's that's all all part of it. And that validation coach, you said you don't you don't know about it. You work with these kids for three four years, but 
the validation doesn't come until five years later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of like, oh, yeah, here's a coach telling you, you've done a great job, you know, and then you send the message down to the other coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess that's the big piece, you know, for me is, is you know, the there's no gratification, there's no instant gratification for what we're doing as coaches. That's a long haul. It's a long <laughs> haul, right? It's a marathon. So, well, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on out. Oh, it was my pleasure. You know, and uh, just chopping it up with the regular guys here out of La Mirada Studios in uh, LA County. We're out still LA County. Yeah. Where's that? Where's Two blocks away from Two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> from the good LA County. We're on the edge here. Um, but yeah, you got any last words? Yeah, I just, uh, I, you know, I owe Coach O a lot, you know, like as far as being a mentor and coaching. And I'd say any coaches out there that want to, like, go to the next level, find a mentor, find someone that's going to challenge your thinking. And uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest things he ever ta- taught me about defense was. Don't think about the position, think about the kid. And uh, so when I, what can the kid do? Put him in a position to be successful. And so when I changed my defense from yours, uh, that was one of the biggest things. And so, yeah, thanks for investing into me and helping me be a better coach. You know, that's that's huge. All right. I love coaching with him. Then when I was done with them, and I watched them continue to win and, and just continue to be better. I was, it was really gratifying to see them be successful. I enjoyed watching you guys. All right. Good. Jude, you got anything? No, man. It was great having you, Coach. Um, like I said, some of, those, some, some of those names, recognize some of those names now that they're in high school doing good things. We'll keep our eye out to like, make sure we watch those kids continue to grow and do their thing. I know uh, – ja- I know that Jackson Harley named pretty well. <laughs> so I'll be looking out for him and, and see uh, where he ends up going to college and, and those things. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. Um, it's awesome to see how even even in this small setting and, you know, just getting to meet you, um, how, how we're still all kind of connected. So it's pretty cool. Thank you again. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, Jim. All right. And we're out. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't record. Again? <laughs> <laughs> that was a... That would be bad. <laughs> that was a...